Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. This is Fly Purbly with Steve Jacob and Craig Forsyth, who are definitely, totally, not at all worried about the Flyers making the playoffs. Definitely not worried. Nope. Not at all. Hey, you don't need to come in the quiz notes today because you have been fired. <laughs> quiz notes. <laughs> Toasty. <laughs> You've been toasted. You've been toasted at the quiz. Do they? Are they still around? So, I saw the last time I saw a Quiznos was I was out in Anaheim for a friend's wedding a couple of years ago, and there was a Quiznos across the street. And the thing about Anaheim, Los Angeles, is that you cannot go anywhere without a car and that includes like across the street so (laughs) like the quiznos was the closest thing and we just decided good enough let's let's go get some toasty sandwiches there you go how many years ago was that or is that two i think i want to say two i was gonna say i i don't think i've come across a quiznos in a while Yeah, sometimes when those kind of restaurants fail or at least get to the point where people don't give a shit about them anymore, they recede into just certain areas, and that's that. Like, I think there's one Sizzler left out there. (laughs) I I mean, I don't know, man. Sizzler is pretty banging. There's no way there's only one. I feel like they just got wiped out. Listeners, please tweet us. Oh, we're doing research right now. i got to figure this out. Okay, you, like... you tweet that, and I'm going to talk about the Philadelphia Hockey Flyers who have... I was on the verge with tonight's game against the Red Wings, on the verge of being super pumped for this podcast, coming on and just wooing it up, but nah, nah. Had to end in the worst possible way, a... Well, I guess the worst possible le- way would have been like the Bruins game where they lost in regulation with 25 seconds left. But yeah, or losing... somebody dies on the ice, you know, either or. Yeah, either or. But yeah. uh, losing to the lowly Detroit Red Wings in a shootout after allowing four goals is not really good, especially in a game where the Flyers had multiple opportunities to win it. I, I mean, part of that's bad luck. I mean, Simmons nails that post when he he almost dunked that puck in uh i think i, I want to say drew or voracek also came very close a yeah. lot of good opportunities a lot of good chances they just couldn't finish off the red wings and the shutout loss even after lions stepped in and had a hell of a game in support of peter morazic yeah let's talk about line stepping in for peter morazic who uh for lack of better terms was fucking ass tonight like <laughs> He was just unbearable tonight. Like that Luke Lendenning, 
JJ and Bill Clement tried to talk about how it was a great shot by Luke Clendenning, and I'm going to tell you why that can't be true. Uh, it can't be true. It's impossible. Uh, part A, it's a Luke Clendenning. That that's it. That's the case. That that's the whole argument. For Would that be that. your argument if Ronaldo made a, a similar shot? Yeah, if Ronaldo came down the wing and went top shelf on you shorthanded, I think the argument would be, wow, that's a fucking terrible goal to give up. Well, also, Lyon went down way too early, and he was all, he was way off to... Uh, Mrazic. Mrazic. Who did I say? You said Lyon. Oh, yeah, Mrazic, sorry. And b- oh. by the way, you know what, what Ronaldo would say when you would ask him about if that was truly a terrible shot, he'd go, I know, I know bro. bro. I know, bro. Here's my autograph. Yeah, but th- there's no angle for that to go in. Uh, Mrazic just dropped early, and it wasn't even... I mean, dropping early was not Mrazic's biggest problem. Like, he was being ultra-aggressive again. That third goal, I know the Flyers kept failing the clear rebounds there, but the puck kept going to the same area of the ice, and I think Mrazic went post-to-post three different times, just flopping around and flailing. Yeah. It really like, was settle just down terrible. In the crease, <laughs> like you don't need to. You don't need to be moving all that. Like you don't need to be that aggressive. Just I, I don't know. Just settle down. Work like, smart, not hard. Bearings, yeah. I, I don't know. That was, and you knew he was going to be all charged up because he was playing the Red Wings. And I don't know why after the game Lion had on Saturday, I believe he was on Saturday, right? Yeah, like why not? I don't know. I don't, I don't know. know. I, I think Hack's trying to hold on to the thought that Morazic's a starter, but at this point, look, I think you got to go back to Lyon <laughs> yeah, until is... Elliot's back because Lyon's playing a lot more confidently. He's playing a lot more steady, as in he's not wasting his movements. He's... Which is insane because, I mean, I think last week or two weeks ago, I was bitching about how he had crazy legs. And I think against the Bruins, he was like. <laughs> He was losing his mind worse than Rizek was, and now he's the calm. He's the calm one out of the two. He's the calm, collected one, and he's like it, when he's in the shootout and Larkin going up to him, he just poke checks him. Well, come on, really? That's a vet move. That's a sappy move. <laughs> Actually, that was the move Jimmy Howard just pulled on Jordan Wheel. Yeah, which Jordan Wheel, by the way, I, I mean, I, I kind of get in theory why you throw Jordan Wheel out there. You know, maybe not a lot of tape on Jordan Wheel, and he's not. He's got some hands, but at the same time, I don't know if you can really have a shootout without Claude Drew in it. Right. I don't Seems really like understand why you don't. Like, yeah. Why are you not including your best scorers? Drew, of Voracek, and Patrick make sense to me. Or yeah. even like, it, it had, if you Give bypass Drew, I think Simmons would have been a fine option too. Give a little love to the Ghost Bear, even. Yeah, yeah, no, that'll be fine too. You know, I uh, I would be totally fine if Shane Gostaspare's shootout attempt was he goes up and he just rips the hardest slap shot he possibly can. Yeah, I, I think I don't know how many shot attempts he's had. I know he had that one that won it against Boston last year. I don't know if that's his only one though. But he's one of those guys where I'm sure there's not a lot of uh, tape on him on shootout attempts, and you know he has enough creativity to do something fancy up there. So I mean, give, you could give him a shot. Jordan Wheel. Jimmy Howard's only let up two shootout goals all year. So clearly any, I think that's what they said on the broadcast. Like any time you can, you have a guy who's like been lights out like that. You got to go and try something different. That is a fascinating stat. Yeah. What if the Red Wings only been in like one other shootout? There's no way that I can't 
I, I have to check. I have to double check that, but I could have sworn the broadcast said no. I mean, you're probably, sixteen of eighteen. Maybe, yeah. I, I I don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm so confused. Tonight. I don't know who I, even I, keeps that. To be honest, I I don't even know where to find that because most people it's, it's on it out so much. Yeah, it's it, it, NHL.com is terrible when it comes to advanced stats. Yet they can give you every minute detail about shootout attempts it's mind-boggling like nobody gives a fuck about shootout and then they're like well most shootout attempts failed against atlantic division teams and it's like well who needs to know this like this there's no way quantifying this info is helping actually any- i can think of one source that needs to know this and that is any nhl broadcast team <laughs> yeah Pretty much the longer the stack goes on, the more pointless it becomes. And I feel like almost any shootout stat fills into that category. I, I, don't, I don't know. I guess Jimmy Howard's having a pretty decent season. And I guess I, I guess the Red Wings don't look as crazy now for Dylan Morazic for as little as they did because this is what they were getting this year and this is how I looked last year. I, I get it now because... Eh, Jimmy Howard's got a 909 save percentage and a 289 GAA. So, yeah, so I I go back to my stance that that is a mind blowing stat that you threw out at me. I, again, I, I look. I might have had a, a fever dream, and <laughs> who knows? No, I mean he did stop. Uh, he stopped all of them, right? Stopped all of them tonight. He did. Yeah. So maybe maybe he does. Maybe when he doesn't, maybe when he doesn't have the Red Wings in front of him, he's halfway decent at stopping pucks. Who knows though? But yeah, uh, Peter Mrazek needs to get his shit together. I believe. <laughs> to, so, take a chill pill. Yeah, just I, I don't know what I don't know. Well, tonight I can understand what got into him, but he he didn't look sharp against the Blue Jackets either. I know he got. Left out, uh, hung out the dry on a couple of those goals, but some of them, I mean, he was just, he didn't even move on the Cam Atkinson slap shot goal. It was, that was just pathetic. And tonight, I, I the Luke and Denny goal is one of those goals where, you know, no team is going to admit it, but that kind of fucks with your mentality. Like, it, that was such a non threatening play on a, on a power play from a, uh, an angle that no person should ever be scoring goals. And he let Luke Glendening score a goal. Luke Glendening. And then the ho- the homerism of the broadcast comes through and everybody's just like, ah, who could stop that shot? I, I don't know. 29 other goals in the league could stop that shot. I mean, it was an, a very impressive shot for it was, Luke but Glendening. He went, but like, but he went it, down very easily. I agree. Yeah. He went down very easily there. And it was... I'm distraught. <laughs> yeah. I and and the thing too is, you know, the, the Red Wings, I guess, had working for them that they it's not dumb. They were on a tanking losing streak, but if you remember how the Flyers were playing near the end of the tanking losing streak, they kinda of came out were putting together good games but just couldn't win. Oh sure. And <laughs> frankly, we and, thought that's where they were just coming out, like they were coming out of another losing streak inspired again and because they, yeah. they won back-to-back games this weekend when they needed to. Clutch games, and they really they pulled it kind of out of their ass with Carolina, but yeah. they had a solid yeah. win over the Washington Capitals. And here we are, again, where they're losing a frustrating game that they should not be losing. No. Yeah, there, yeah, there's really no 
Anyway, so I said there was no way they should have lost tonight. And they got, I mean, you're right. They did find a way to pull it out against Carolina, but that could have also been a loss as well. And then, of, of course, the one good game they had all week was they rolled over the Capitals because sports, I guess. I don't know. Like that, they, Dave Hacksaw actually put together a normal lineup that people have wanted forever. That didn't include include Leterra or Weiss or Brandon Manning. And hey, look at that. They scored six goals and <laughs> rolled over the Capitals. So, but I, you would hope they win on Thursday. I, it's the, I feel like it's a must win, especially with the way that the Blue Jackets and Panthers have been playing. Yeah. The Blue yeah. Jackets are never going to lose again. So, I mean, if they do make <laughs> apparently, the playoffs, apparently. Yeah. Uh, if they do make the playoffs, congratulations on them. Beating the Panthers in the Eastern Conference Finals because that's I think that's the thing that's going to happen. So I, I can't believe either of those teams are playing like they are right now, and Florida's doing it with old ass Roberto Luongo, who is signed <laughs> I think until twenty twenty two, and that's not an exaggeration. Yeah, that, I mean that sounds about right. I know he's signed for a while. Forever. Uh, <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, Barkov's been lights out. Trocek's been playing really well. I still have Ekblad. He's doing pretty well. And, that, you know, I was looking at Evgeny Danilov's numbers. Uh, he's had a pretty good season in terms of point production and just underlying numbers, too. And I feel like he doesn't get talked about a ton, probably because he's Russian and also because he plays for the Panthers, which is just, that's, I mean, you're asking to not get talked about. That's your one-two combo. So It is quite a combination. Yeah, if you're asking for a grumpy old white reported to talk about the Panthers and like Winnipeg you're not going to get you're not going to get much praise for the Panthers so I will say this though the the Panthers sure are lucky about their March back-to-backs because while the Flyers get the Penguins and the Bruins back-to-back the Panthers (laughs) go and get the Canadians without Carey Price or Shea Weber and then the Ottawa Senators without Eric Carlson that's their back-to-back yeah, it's a, it's a pretty cozy back-to-back. Uh, don't the Canadians still not have Max Pacioretty either? I believe so, yeah. I think he's out also, pretty much. we're talking about how the Canadians are so fucking dumb that Carey Price is 100% now. And I think he, I, I believe he played tonight. Like, he, I think he was in that tonight. And, and why? Like they're well, not... you know, number one, you can't help the Flyers. That's a big no-no. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, I, they were playing the Penguins. Well, that, I mean, that doesn't really help. The Canadians? Are we talking about the same thing right now? I think so. I thought... The Islanders played the Penguins tonight. Oh, okay. And they won 4-1. to one. So, good job, Isles. Keep on sucking when you're not playing the Penguins. <laughs> yeah, it's surprised. How the hell did they only score one goal against the... Uh, against the... <laughs> because uh, sports, like, yeah. Oh, okay. Carey Price is going to start against the Penguins. Whenever that, I think that, I guess that's tomorrow then. So let's play guess who was in goal for the Islanders tonight in only allowing one goal to the vaunted Penguins offense. I mean, was it one of the two regulars? Am I getting a 50-50 chance here? Or is it a guy that, uh, the dark horse? I mean, I don't know who this guy is, so. Chris Gibson. You got it. Boom. That's right. Swish. Dunks. 36 Layups. saves on 37 shots against the Penguins for Chris Gibson. Yeah, he's been playing a lot recently, uh, and I don't care enough about the Islander situation to look up to see if Grice is hurt or Halak. I'm pretty sure it's just because they've both been playing. They've both been playing like Morazic for the whole year, so. It doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, they've been 
they've been out of the running for a while now. So, I, I which is funny because, man, yeah, probably just starting tomorrow. They play the Penguins tomorrow, which is funny because I don't. We've talked about it before. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm watching this the the basketball game and they just airmailed an inbound pass by like ten feet. So, um, <laughs> I always yeah, think I, that happens. I really, I really wonder what's going to happen with Tavares now. I think he is just going to stay, but I mean, the Islanders did have things go right for them this year, and they just and it still went horribly wrong. It did not fucking matter. So. Look, if I if I'm Tavares, I'm saying screw it. I'm getting the hell out of town. I mean, even the thing is, if you're Tavares, also you could even just stay in town but go to a team that's not the Islanders and isn't moving anywhere anytime soon. Now, granted, this is a nightmare of mine that I absolutely do not want to happen because <laughs> fuck the Rangers. Yeah. Although, I mean, if they did go, if he went to the Rangers, nothing would happen. I feel like the Rangers are going to suck real hard for the next couple of years here. Right. Like, remember when they got Rick Nash? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Remember when the Bruins got Rick Nash? Remember when the Bruins signed Ryan Donato and he had three points in his first NHL game? Did you see that? He played in his first NHL game yesterday, scored a goal against the Blue Jackets, and had two assists. But but they couldn't beat the damn Blue Jackets. Yeah, no, no, it was just really good. Yeah, so. yeah. But still, that's, I mean, he, he had a monster Olympics, and now he's already playing in the NHL, so it's pretty. Well, you know, Boston hasn't had a lot go right for them, so it's nice that something in sports is finally going right for Boston. Yeah, finally. Yeah, it's a shame their team could have won the Super Bowl. I got a scissor update, by the way. Yeah, we can't uh, all be the Eagles. Yeah, that nobody can, actually. Uh, did you know the Eagles won the Super Bowl? This is very important to note. I did not know that. <laughs> did that happen this year? It like happened, I think, 44, 45 days ago at this point. But who's counting? Uh, okay, scissor update. There is one in Orlando, and then it looks like there's 3,000 in Southern California. So... Well, I know where we're going. Uh, O-Town. <laughs> There's also some in, I think, Utah. Feels about right. Feels like Scissor would be set up in Utah. Oh, yeah. Mormons are all over uh, Scissor. <laughs> that's, a, that's a God-loving restaurant right there for all your wives. I can commit to multiple items as my main meal? Okay. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> you can um, have as many entrees as you want. <laughs> uh, there's a ton in Phoenix and then all along the... West Coast near Portland and Seattle. So there you go. This is this is why you people listen. For me to don't go Peter Morazic and give you the locations of every soldier that's still remaining. This is good research, and that's more or less the kind of stuff I did when I interned at a radio station. <laughs> oh yeah, we've talked about that before. Good old uh yeah. Well, we what is oh. now the fanatic, but at the time was 950 Philly Sports Radio. We're the third lowest rated morning show in Philadelphia, and that's overall. Oh man. It was they, might, they might still be down there. I don't know. I feel like I cannot bear I, I don't think I've ever been in the mood when I woke up. I was like, you know what? Let's hear some shitty opinions on the Eagles. Like I don't think I've ever woken up in that mood. But apparently people right, do. But a lot of people do, and eh, people love the cuz. Oh, yo! <laughs> that's, I think that's the three hours component we're missing is more yo's, more like exclamations, more hoagie talk. 
Yeah, hey, yo, pastrami, hey, check it out. Yeah, I think if we added a little more of that, I, I think we'd have higher ratings because ratings is how you measure podcast success, of course. Nielsen. Uh, yeah, clicks. Uh, what's the Videos. radio one? You know what? Who cares? <laughs> who fucking knows? We need the you... clicks. Give me the clicks. Hey, yo, cuz, what are you talking about? You're on the air. Three <laughs> days later. You want to you want to talk about uh you want to talk about actual Flyers news? Let's talk about I, Michael Raffle being hurt. I was gonna say I think that's the only big news right now with the team is Michael well, Raffle got hurt. I, I, let's talk about Meet Reed, Dad Reed scoring a goal. Yeah, for first goal in almost a calendar year. I think his last goal was March twenty third, is what they said on the broadcast. You know, don't broadcast meet. broadcast dropping all the information tonight. By the way, that's pretty much what where we're getting all our information from this evening. Essentially wrote our podcast outline, but continue. Sorry, I got you off. Yeah, yeah. Don't sleep on meat. That's all I'm saying. You know, okay. Mr. Mediocre. <laughs> I love him. But uh, my, Michael Raffle is out two weeks with an upper body injury. So that could be anything. Anything on the upper body. Who knows? Yeah. It seems like it's not a concussion is the vibe that I've gotten. Also, I, I don't think anybody can really pinpoint when it happened. Yeah, so. I mean, I, I'm thinking that Konechny did it. Because for a brief period, Raffle had taken Konechny's <laughs> spot on the top line. And Konechny, yeah, he got a little pissed off about that. The guy's a little pit bull. He's great. But he, he decided, I can't have this happening. I'm an ass kicker. I'm going to secretly hurt Michael Raffle while he's not looking. Speaking of Travis Konechny real quick, I really thought they were going to wait about that goal tonight. Because oh, the church store goal? Yeah, yeah. That was... Uh... <coughs> Ooh, excuse me. But... Yeah, I thought they were going to wave it off, too. It seemed like the kind of situation where they were, you know, it just seemed like so clear cut to us as Flyers fans that the refs would find any possible way to call that interference or the net was off a, a millisecond before. Yeah. Anything like that. I'm yeah. Uh, Michael Raffle has 11 goals, 8 assists for 19 points in 73 games this year. They're not quite as stellar underlying numbers as usual, but still a positive course, uh, relative course of four player. Pretty sure three of the four lines he spent 50 minutes or more at five on five this season are all about the 50 course of four percentage mark. So still doing raffle things, still underappreciated because he doesn't rack up all the points in the world. But much like Matt Reed, who, you know, does, I think I'm always going to love Matt Reed, even though, a ton of people hate him because he doesn't score goals anymore. They hate him. Uh, he had a nice, but like he had a nice Matt replay. Not even on the goal, but I, I, it was in the second period after a power play ended. Well, I love that people uh, hate Matt Reed, but they are totally cool. Like some of those same people are totally cool with the way Laterra plays or Weiss. I do not know anybody who's cool with how Laterra plays. <laughs> That's true, but I know people that are cool with how Weiss plays and. They don't like Matt Reed. I don't know how you my have, mind. I don't know how you have feelings towards Dale Weiss playing, which is because I'm not really mad or happy when he plays. I'm just oh, not, I'm I'm very unhappy when Dale Weiss plays. I'm just like he he's there. I, I yeah, know. he's there, but he's got hands made of stone. That guy can't pass to save his life. At least Yuri Laterra is an all star along the boards. <laughs> Yuri Laterra, to his defense, had played a couple halfway decent games before he was out of the lineup for uh raffle and raid did he have a face-off win tonight did he i think i saw him actually step in on a face-off and like dig oh, yeah. it out i'm not sure he may have 
Enough. It's all but Matt Reed's... speed from him. That's the first I've seen all season from Laterra in that respect. <laughs> Matt Reed had he had a he had an offensive zone uh, takeaway tonight, and it was a very casual Matt Reed play where he just snuck up. I feel like he that's what he's always done for years: just pickpocket people and get the puck back, or forecheck really well, do a lot of dumb stuff. He is uh, the Jordan Wheel that actually puts up uh, a, a decent amount of points. That's how I feel about him. And Jordan Wheel is, yeah, we've already talked about Jordan Wheel and everything that comes with him. But and I think with Terra drawing back into the line tonight, I'm not too upset about because of his recent uh, string of play playing. I, I'm just happy it wasn't Dale Weiss. I, I kind of want to Taylor Lear on that fourth line. So it'd be Lear, Lawton, and Reed because I feel like that'd be a pretty good fourth line. But I'm fine with I'm fine with Terra as long as it wasn't. That, then I would have had emotions towards Dale Weiss if Dale Weiss drew into the lineup tonight. I think it would have been a little different. You know, I think the biggest tragedy about the raffle injury, though, is the fact that they had a pretty optimal lineup in that Washington game. And, yeah. you know, just the one game, of course. We can't have of nice course. things. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And, and, I mean, it worked out pretty well. And also, I mean, in that game, too... Uh, William Simmons had two goals, and I believe it is his first multi-goal game since the hat trick to open the season. And uh, in the last before tonight, he had nine shots on goal, fourteen shot attempts in the last two games. Also, he did hit the iron late in tonight's game, so he almost had the game-winning goal. So close! Oh, that was frustrating. So he he seems like he's starting to get close to being the Wayne Simmons that we usually see, even though I'm pretty sure. I mean, I think three of the lines got rolled tonight at 5 5 which is just what you want to see when they're playing the Red Wings about uh, two weeks out of the playoffs. So, Yeah. Uh, but, I mean, that's you know that's kind of the deal with Wayne Simmons. He doesn't post the most stellar 5 5 numbers. But... These are, I'm sorry. These are uh, train sound effects because the train's back. <laughs> All right. I'll take it. I mean, I like it. Why didn't you just play uh, Drops of Jupiter or whatever the one they're fucking Because I, I would kill myself. <laughs> All right. Seems like a problem for this podcast if you kill yourself. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> so. What was that one song? Uh, Me, Virginia. Was that, the, was that their song too? Me, Virginia. Yeah, yeah. no. That, that band is terrible. Remember when they performed at the Flyers-Penguins yep. Stadium Series game? I've never forgotten because it's one of the scarring moments of my life. I think about that moment a lot. Because I wake just... up and I think, you know, I've had a pretty good life, except for the time I had to hear Train perform at the Flyers-Penguins outdoor game. I just, I always like to visualize, like, what is happening in the NHL, like, entertainment department. Where they're like, alright guys, we've got a big interstate rivalry between the, or a big rivalry between the, the Penguins and the Flyers here. It's going to be on Saturday night, it's going to be on NBC, a lot of people are going to see it. Give me the first band you think of when you think of an intense Nickelback matchup. Nickelback's not available. Nickelback's somebody, not available. Somebody in that boardroom stood up, slammed their hands on the table, and yelled train in the year 2017. And so a higher up at NBC looked that man in the face and said, book him. And he said, my the- wife's favorite song is Hey Soul Sisters. <laughs> Did I ever tell you about the time that I was at karaoke at Yakitori Boy and someone had Hey Soul Sister as their song 
And I finally saw the lyrics to that song, and I, I just wanted to throw my drink in disgust. I've never read the lyrics of His Little Sister. I you should look them up right now. I, I just want to hear your, your live reaction to it. Okay. Well, keep talking. You, I you look it up. I'm going to keep talking. I'm going to talk about... So I went to... Uh, we, as you might have heard last week, it was my birthday, uh, and I, I got some lovely <laughs> Owen Wilson whale memes from you guys. Oh, yeah. So thank you for that. I, I really appreciate all the whales. But uh, I went to the game. I went to the Flyers-Blue Jackets game. And yeah, of course it was a five to three loss to the Blue Jackets with a just awful start. Just horrible. It's pretty entertaining. I've been to some pretty bad Flyers losses this year, so at least I was entertained, but <sighs> them's the breaks. Them's the breaks. But that well, was no. a horrible loss, obviously. Just not what the team needed at that time. And what really was the the impetus for them needing to win both weekend games. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I mean, Saturday uh, was St. Patty's day. How much of the Carolina game did you actually catch? How much did I actually catch? I caught uh, a fair amount of it, but it wasn't, I mean, it was definitely like in and out. It wasn't a thing where I was sitting down kind of focusing on it. So, yeah, I, I got back from hanging out with my, my dad and girlfriend and uh, we, we got Chinese food on St. Patty's Day, by the way. <laughs> we went to Han Dynasty. <laughs> it was a good time. But uh, when I got back, I I caught the, I think, from the F- Flyers' first goal on in that game. So well, I actually caught, caught it at the right the, time. Right. I caught it at the right time. I caught all the best stuff in the game because it was pretty boring before that. It kind of it kind of played out like most of this game did too where there was not much going on until about 12 minutes left in the third period and everybody was like oh yeah there's not much time left in this game and then both teams collectively started going nuts let's get our asses into gear and put on a show yeah so i'm looking at the lyrics to hey soul sister now is this song about a blowjob (laughs) is it about getting a blowing because i there's a lot of you're gonna blow my mind uh i believe in you like a virgin you're madonna and I'm always going to want to blow your mind. Oh, never mind. Well, I don't know. It, a, lot of, a lot of innuendo here, I feel like. Trey's a pretty terrible band, is my conclusion from this. This is a good conclusion and a right conclusion. Yeah. <laughs> let, let it forever be on the record. Flight verbally, anti-train. Look, we have a lot of things we stand by. Let's, let's rile them off right now, by the way. Pro Patrick Bush... Could- Pro Bush, Patrick Merritt's terrible hockey player. The Cars had one go back, one good album. Marty Brodeur is a product of the system. Marty Brodeur uh, slept with his sister-in-law. Yeah, well, I mean, that's not really a stance. That's just a cold, hard fact. I mean, it's just a cold, hard fact, but it's worth yeah. mentioning. <laughs> it's worth mentioning. Uh, Colton Sisson scored. And then uh, Train's a pretty terrible band. So These are all good and right. By the way, I did want to mention that I did get Google Wi-Fi to help my internet connection. Uh, so there will hopefully be no robot voice on tomorrow's episode. And I got to name my network and I named it Colton Sisson scored. Not anything with like the Eagles or anything else. I just named it Colton Sisson scored. <laughs> so because I just hope that somebody else in my general area reads that. And they're just like, hell yeah, I agree. Like I do that. have to come up with a good name for my, my Wi-Fi network. Like uh, I imagine like, for instance, Kurtz has to be, 
Matt Strom forever. <laughs> it could be. My favorite is one of my friends is um Matt Strom was a good draft pick. Uh, Bill Y the Science Fi. Mm. Named, yeah. So if uh, anybody is a, a community fan out there, one of my neighbors used to have their name as a Troy and Abed and the modem <laughs> community. Uh, I believe I, I, I watched that like years ago. Did you see Joe McHale's on his show on uh, Netflix yet? I caught two episodes of that. Is that just like talk soup again? Is yes. hundred percent. He's doing that. Okay. I mean, good for him. He's getting a paycheck, but going back to the well, nothing wrong with that sometimes. So, and then was that Gillian Jacobs first show? I want to say yes, but I'm not a hundred percent sure. Good show. Did it move to like Yahoo window, whatever that bullshit thing was called? Oh yeah. 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 No, it was on Yahoo for the last season. And then nobody like watched it except for like me and three other losers. So, there are other parents of the cast, so good for them. <laughs> parents of the cast. <laughs> I want to go back to this optimal lineup real quick yeah. and talk about Travis Sanheim finally being up and active. Yeah, and we should talk about that. Actually making Andrew McDonald into a half-decent partner. Yeah, and also whenever he plays with Gudis, helping cover up for Gudis' mistakes, which we saw uh, in slight defense of Mraz, like that first goal, I believe... Robert Hag pinched and left Kudis defending a two-on-one, and then somehow did not pick up on Robert Hag pointing to the defenseman or pointing to Dylan Larkin with the puck, and Kudis did not get over in time. I, that was the most emphatic point I've ever seen on a two-man rush. Yeah, on a two-on-one rush, Hag literally just lifted his finger up almost to like the top of his head and just pointed at Larkin, and Kudis was like, "What's this now?" And then just, just <laughs> like didn't get over in time, and. Craig- Am I correct in saying that Gudis is having a shit season? He's not having a good season. Uh, and it's, he's not, I think his numbers are all still there, but he, you can definitely tell he's not having the best season just overall. And a lot of defensive breakdowns, a lot of defensive breakdowns. And I wonder if they would, if Hexel would think about moving him this summer, uh, I don't know where. I don't know who would be interested in him, but you could definitely sell Gudis in a couple of ways. Well, as, certainly as it's a, a big hitter. Yep, physical defenseman. And, you know, like the Canucks or the Bruins love that shit. Uh, not afraid to take a shot? Not afraid to take a shot. He does have amazing analytics, so maybe we could tell that to, like, the Coyotes of Toronto and they'd be interested. I mean, there's. I think the big thing that would pull people away from Gudis is the fact that he is being closely watched by the refs now, and the next thing he does is steps over the line, he's probably going to be gone for half the season. So I don't know if you can really live with that for a guy that would possibly be in your top four, depending on what team we're talking about here. Right, so. and, and make note, I don't hate Gudis by any stretch of the imagination. I, I don't think he's he's bad, but he is kind of having a shitty season. And yeah. I, it just some of these breakdowns are, he looks like more of a rookie than the rookies sometimes. Yeah, I, I think the the best Gudis plays his best when he's working with a really good puck mover, I believe. So the the first year he was here, him and MDZ were a pretty good pair because they both worked pretty well together. And I think, I mean, even him and Manning had pretty good numbers before this year. Right, but they were horrible terrible. together this year. Yeah, like and like the, the numbers aren't terrible, but they definitely are. I mean, they're just they're doing a lot wrong. And I think him and Hag together are just. 
that uh, that's just asking for trouble. I feel like I, I don't know. I was who... hoping they'd be they'd be Bash Brothers together, but it's uh, yeah. not working out like that. I was hoping. I think they've played limited time together and it hasn't been that great, but I was hoping more Gudis and Proverbs would be better together because you give them maybe the best. So if you did Gudis and Proveroff, then who would uh, who would you have Ghost with? I mean, I guess Manning, and then you leave. You leave well, it would have to be a lot a of rookies. It would be a lot of rookies propping up. Wait, wait, wait. Uh, why, why is why is Manning in the lineup then? Because oh, or I'm Hag. confused. Yeah, Hag Hag's in <laughs> over Manning any day. Manning's terrible. In an optimal lineup, yeah. This you know, is also I think an lineup. No, I think the closest... Manning's terrible in any lineup. He's terrible. This is my stance now. I'm taking a strong anti-Brandon Manning stance. Oh, wow. What a ballsy stance. Oh, it's a ballsy like, stance, let me tell you. No, Play no. the 2017-18 season. You, you say that? optimal lineup. I know this has been a stance for a while, but you say <laughs> optimal lineup. Any lineup is he's not good in any lineup. Uh, no, no, I don't know any way that Manning would make my top six in an optimal lineup. So, I, I really think what the lineup they threw out there on Sunday was probably the closest they would come to what every fan wants to see. Right, but it's, I, so I would assume they're... Lear. I mean, well, I, I don't even know who Lear would fill in for, but I'm pretty yeah, sure yeah. everybody else. And again, I mean, the thing about Lear is he's he's very quick, which I like a lot, but. I don't know. I, I just don't kind of know about Lear. Going back to the the optimal defensive lineup. Uh, so we know Ghost and Proveroff are lights out. And Hag and Gudis aren't quite perfect. But Sanheim and McDonald oddly seems to work. Because uh, yeah. McDonald works best when he can kind of hang back and watch the defensive zone. And uh, Sanheim's all about puck movement and... All that great stuff. Yeah. And it seems like Sanheim is finding McDonald at the point when he is wide open enough that not even McDonald could flub a play and lead a rush the other way. So they they have been working pretty well together. I, I hope. I mean, Sanheim has got to stay up now. I feel like Sanheim and Lindblom are locks to stay up now, which will be huge down the stretch because instead of just having Pro Ruff and Ghost playing 35 minutes a night, you could hopefully lean on McDonald and Sanheim as a second pairing, which sounds crazy, but would be ideal. And then just hope you don't get murdered with the 14 minutes of Gudis Hag or Gudis Manning that you're going to get. I mean, have to go from there. <laughs> I would really, I just can't wait till the Flyers move to a lineup where we don't have a line or defensive combo that we're just hoping doesn't get murdered. That's... Yeah, that just doesn't cost us games. Yeah, would be that'll be the day. That'll be the day. Don't know when it's coming. It probably comes next year. I mean, if you look at it. Hopefully in a year or two. Hopefully in a year or two. They should, again, in theory, lose a lot of dead weight this offseason. In yeah. theory. I mean, I th- I don't know. I feel like Phil Pula and Manning are both gone. I don't know what the value of bringing back Phil Pula would be. I can't imagine at this point. And if this is a big test for me with Hextall, because I've been an ardent, ardent Hextall believer. Yeah. And if Ron brings Phil Pula back, that's a true test of my faith right there. Because 
that is an inexcusable move. That makes zero sense to me. I really can't imagine him doing that. It's very apparent that Phil Pula has very little left in the tank. I mean, that breakaway in the Carolina game was awesome, but outside of that, ain't much there. No. He was also like way behind everybody on that play. That wasn't a thing where he used speed to get away from everybody. <laughs> he was oh, just, yeah, that's I think how he Vinny was. LeCavalier got a lot of his goals with the Flyers. It's just like hanging out near the <laughs> blue line. Oh, look, a puck, and I still got my shot. <laughs> oh, man, Vincent LeCavalier. How many podcasts in a row do you think we've mentioned Vincent LeCavalier? I, think I that's have a- mentioned him right. on every podcast since he was acquired. <laughs> Which, I mean, is fair. So. Man, Paul Holmgren, but Paul Holmgren, one of a kind. I, I think go, going back to what you said, though, I think I I'm with you. Where I don't know, th- this offseason could be a lot of. Hexall could do a lot that could hurt my opinion of him, and he also do things that kind of reassure that I like what he's doing. So I, I mean, I, I was a fan of the Peter Mrazek trade because of what they gave up, even though Mrazek isn't really playing that great but very limited cost for to get a goalie that you pretty much needed to make a trade for yeah i i can't be oh. mad at that even with recent results. yeah he but still has I some think, very good games too let's not forget that yeah oh yeah, yeah. um but I, I for me though i i look at what hexall is doing i mean I'll, I'll talk about this right now too uh i'm matthew strome to an entry level contract and i feel like the 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 Strom's going to the Phantoms next year. Uh, Connor Bunneman's going to the Phantoms. Frost is possibly going to the Phantoms or the Flyers next season. Is Hart available to go to the Phantoms next year? Hart is going to the Phantoms, and I think I think Shushko Shushko either has one more year in the OHO or he goes to the Phantoms as well. But note, if, out- if Carter Hart's going to the Phantoms next year, note that both Michael Neuverth. And Brian Elliott are in two-year contracts. I mean, you can also bet on Elliott and Norworth getting hurt, though, too, because Hexel's going to run them into the ground, and that's exactly what happened this year, and they're not getting any younger, so who knows? Who knows if he plays next year? He might. He might, I but think- I think just saying, like, looking at the, the contracts, like, I, I think clearly the plan in place right now is two years Carter Hart time. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think he gets – I would be surprised if he gets more than one season in the AHL. I think that's the next year is his only season in the AHL, and then he goes up from there. So, which is quick for a goalie, but I think he's good enough where they can probably – I don't know. I think he might be good enough that you move up the timeline a little bit. Although this is this is the Hextall and the, the process of evaluating talent very, very slowly. So – but sometimes you're Nolan Patrick. Yeah, sometimes yeah, sometimes you are. Sometimes yeah, you're Travis on. Konechny, sometimes you're Ivan Provorov. You know, it, yeah. it, for as much crap as we give him about moving too slow on some guys, some guys just have it. Yeah, I, I'm i not too worried about moving some of the guys slow. Like, I I mean, when we look back at it, Sanheim was in the minors for, what, a month and a half, two months? I don't even remember how long he was sent down for. Uh, but I mean, if that's how long he has to be in his rookie season and he's up in the NHL for the rest of the time, I'm not, not too worried about it. Him or Lindblom. I'm surprised Lindblom didn't make the team, but at the same time, if he's a regular next year, I think it's worth it. Which, looking at Lindblom, uh, I guess I should say now, uh, Lindblom. Uh, you're going to keep saying Blom, stick with the Blom. 
looking at Limblom's success. Stick with uh, Leblom. What can I say? Yeah. Uh, Matthew Strom. So Matthew Strom's on the ELSA. He's a guy that they took, uh, I think, in the fourth round of the draft. He had 37 goals this season in the OHL, which was eighth eighth most for OHL forwards with 65 games played or more. And he had 25 goals at 5 on 5, which is ninth most among, uh, among OHL forwards. Led the Hamilton Bulldogs in goal scored, who are first in the East and second in the OHL altogether. They're, the big concern with Strom was his skating issues, which is why... He does not know how to skate, correct? The, no, I don't think any of the Stroms ever skated before they made it to junior hockey, I think is the problem. Mm-hmm. Like any of the Stroms. He doesn't even know what a skate is. Yeah, like their their household is strictly a no skating. Very w- weird dynamic in that home because there no skates allowed, but they encourage a lot of hockey being played. So They only wear those sneakers with the padding on the bottom to help them walk on the ice. That's That's how they play <laughs> hockey. Or they uh, they roll around on those uh, oh my god what are those goddamn sneakers called wheelies with the like the wheels on the front. Let's go with wheelies. That works. I, I'm Let's not down it. with the kids lingo. I, I'll call they're, them wheelies. They're absolutely not called wheelies, and somebody will yell at us tomorrow on Twitter about it. But we'll see. What you don't know about? I, I can't <laughs> you know, even think of a good fake name. You don't know about the zippy zappies or well, the zippy zappies. <laughs> now you're an 80 year old man talking about kid stuff. The zippy zappers. Back in my day. We had Nike, we we had Reeboks that lit up. <laughs> Matthew Strom though cannot we skate. We had pumps on our shoes. <laughs> cannot skate, but that was a big problem with Limbloom, and they corrected that. And it seems like Matthew Strom could be the next type of forward who there were concerns about skating overall, and the flyer system kind of corrects that. So, Frank, can you? Can you do me a favor for your for a future article? This might be good for a summer piece, but can you explore if Hextall really does drag his feet forever with prospects or if it's all just an illusion manufactured by our impatience? I imagine it's an illusion manufactured by our impatience. I would like you to prove this, empirically prove this. I mean, I can look at that. I, uh, I demand. Uh, I, I'm not good enough with these pieces to do it myself, but I need to know one way or the other because I just I kind of talked myself into this just now. <laughs> Obviously, situations like Sanheim and Morin are frustrating at the time, but if you look, I think certain guys have been given the chance to make the team outright. And oh, they have. have yeah, flourished. they definitely have. Specifically, Provorov, Patrick, Konechny. Uh yeah, and it might have taken them a little bit to get their footing in the NHL, with the exception of Provorov, who apparently came prepackaged amazing from day one, which I'm still <laughs> amazed by. I just can't believe it. But, uh, I mean, you look at what Konechny's doing now, he's maybe, he's turning into everybody's favorite flyer. Oh, yeah. No, he is the main reason why I want the flyers to hang on and make the postseason, because I want to see. Can we talk about that Oshi fight real quick? Yeah, we can. The TJ Soshi uh, decided to fight somebody a lot smaller than him. And well, it didn't. W- what happened was, if you didn't catch the game, Konechny took a high stick. The refs didn't see it. He was pissed off about it. And he decided to just hit whatever was close. And I forget which capital high sticked him, but it wasn't Oshi. But Oshi was the closest. So he starts just hitting Oshi <laughs> over and over until Oshi starts fighting him. And then yeah. Oshi's got what? A lot of weight on him, right? I think it was 20 pounds I read. I think at least 20 pounds, pounds, if not more. And man, 
Konechny is just this little wild man who stood in there and just took it to Oshi despite being a lot smaller. Yeah, oh, definitely. And, and I think, it, yeah, watching Travis Konechny is a lot of fun. And I think he can easily become uh, the new favorite flyer over time because he just plays with a lot of speed, creates a lot off the rush. He also goes to the net and gets a lot of those greasy goals, and he's also annoying as shit. So he's like I, a, a tiny little Rocky, though, who's just always fighting <laughs> his hardest. And like if you take most Travis Konechny clips and you just put going to fly now to any of them, they're going to be perfect. <laughs> I just want a, a, a two hour uh, rotation of that woo clip. We're just screaming woo at whoever it was in the flames last year. That started the, <laughs> uh, the woo chance that you still hear now. So. Is that yeah. the origin? Can can you go explain that to my dad? He's he's very annoyed by them every time we go to a game. <laughs> I was going to say, I think I went to three games this year. I don't know if I heard any of them. Oh, I've heard a lot, and I've started a couple to the detriment of everyone sitting around me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I imagine once it gets going, it's fucking nuts. And I'm sure it pisses off a lot of people, but... I was a little lit for... For the old birthday game last week too, at, uh, <laughs> we, we went to the old we went to the Victory Beer Hall at Xfinity beforehand, the only place in Xfinity worth going to, in my opinion. And <laughs> I had a couple double IPAs, so I was uh, I was wooing it up. No, there you go, double IPAs, Jesus. <laughs> uh, that probably if you have, if yeah, yeah, I guess if you have a few of those, will probably uh, do some damage. Yeah, so. yeah, that's uh, that's like four beers. Yeah, <laughs> I'm seeking help. Please, uh, <laughs> please let's me. not talk about this. Let's see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but that's uh, that's Matthew Strom for you. Uh, yeah, and good. also, speaking of OHL players, I'm gonna work through. I have a bunch of OHL notes here, and a, a, a one news thing related to the Phantoms. Uh, apparently there was a OHL coaches poll that was ran. And according to the results, uh, according to Flyers prospects at future of Philly, uh, these were the results. Uh, Morgan Frost was named the smartest player and best playmaker in the league and the best stick handler in the Western conference. Isaac, Ra- Isaac Ratcliffe was voted. You ready, Steve? Best shootout shooter in the entire OHL. Oh, it's about damn time. Bring it so, up. Yeah, a two for five on shootout attempts, which is kind of amazing that he got voted the best shootout shooter. But um, Anthony Salinitri, Salinitri, I will never know how to pronounce his name. I'll learn it at the Flyers sign into a contract, but voted third best penalty killer, which, I mean, could help his case of getting a contract. And then Connor Bunneman was voted third best player on faceoffs. So Morgan Frost, I mean, we, we haven't talked too, too much about Morgan Frost. AK, we haven't talked for more about Morgan Frost for more than 10 minutes at a time yet. But first Flyers prospect posted 110 points or more in his draft plus one season in the CHL since Giroux's 112 and 0607 for the Gatineau Olympics. Olympics. So doing pretty good. And did you say he won smartest player? He was voted smartest player and best playmaker in the league by an OHL coaches poll. So he's got smartest player. Strom is known for being one of the smartest players. Do you see a theme? 
Oh yeah, no, the uh, Hexel likes to draw uh, draft uh, had a two way players. Yeah. Hexy likes a big brain, and you know people wondered why he he traded up to get a guy like Frost where he did overreach. And uh, I mean, I love that Frost has just been showing everyone why Ron Hextall went and did that. But I, I think it's really interesting that he's going for these heady, smart players that he goes for that type, which uh, shows the kind of team that Hextall is aiming to put together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, uh, you can definitely see that he wants to put as many of his draft picks into the system too. Because I, I didn't think Torinsky was going to get a contract, and he did. And Selenitri uh, is a guy that he would be the second player he's drafted who has not signed in ELC with the Flyers. And there's still time for him to do it. And, I mean, if he's getting recognition as being a great penalty killer, uh, that might be something that draws attention to Hextall. So who knows? But, uh, Morgan Frost is also third in the OHL with 42 goals. Uh, Isaac Ratcliffe was six with forty with forty one goals, and Solonitri had fifty eight points in sixty seven games in his draft plus two season, which isn't great. And Connor Bunneman had fifty points in sixty six games in his draft plus two season, which also is not too great. But a lot of goals there for both of them, so maybe that Connor Bunneman I think is a guy that is going to make make his head going directly to the front of the net and just trying to put in rebounds. So I don't know. I don't know how much it's going to translate to professional success, but it seemed to work pretty well in the OHL this season. And Matthew Strom definitely has. Yeah, I mean, Matthew Strom's got a lot. He has a lot except for the skating. And if that's something that apparently the Flyers are able to correct in a, in a player, then they have a leg up on a lot of other teams. So uh, The... Other bit of news was Nicholas Avi Cabell was suspended for two games for an illegal hit to the head. Uh, got his elbow up on Providence Brown Adam Payeri. Payeri? Don't know how to say it. Let's go Avi, with Perry. Yeah, NAK's second suspension of the month, and he is second among AHL forwards with 34 5 on 5 primary points this season, behind Ben Smith, who was. A regular in the NHL with the Blackhawks, the Sharks, and the Maple Leafs. So, doing pretty well. And I feel like he's one of the lesser talked about Flyers prospects who maybe should be getting a little bit more attention, but should probably, you know, stop taking penalties and doing things like this. So, that's all I got, Steven. All you got? All you got? Did you talk about the Hobie Baker? Where I see you got some notes on that here. Yeah, I can talk about that, too. Uh... Baker where they finally selected the top 10 finalists. Uh, no Tanner Lazinski, no Cooper Marody, no uh, Wade Allison, which, I mean, yeah, I guess Wade Allison definitely got screwed over by his injury. Marody and Lazinski definitely had strong seasons, but I, I can understand why they were not nominated when you listen to all these guys. Henrik Borkstrom, uh, first-round draft pick of the Panthers, had 22 goals and 28 assists in for 50 points in 38 games as a sophomore at the University of Denver. I watched him live this year. Uh, he, they, University of Denver played Boston College, and he looked like a man amongst boys. And I think he is going to – he actually plays a game – I feel like it's very similar to Barkov, where he's just very big and he's got speed and he's able to use his body to protect the puck very well. 
So the Panthers could get even more annoying in the next year or two. Oh, boy. uh, uh, Ryan Donato, who we already touched on, uh, signed his ELC this week, I believe, and already played in a game and scored three points. The only guy who showed up for Team USA, the Team USA men at the Olympics. That's a... Never forget that the women won the gold and were awesome. Yeah, the women trucked over Canada and needed to uh, etch out an overtime win or a shootout win because uh, the refs uh, were on Canada's side. Yeah, uh, and then Matthew Galita, uh, undrafted 20-year-old goalie who was 21-3-2 with a 9.43 save percentage and a 1.43 GAA along with nine shutouts, which is pretty goddamn good. Uh, and then Adam Gaudet, a Canucks prospect who had 30 goals, 30 assists, and 60 point, for 60 points in 37 games as a junior at Northeastern University. Dylan McLaughlin, undrafted 22-year-old center, had 17 goals, 31 assists for 48 points in 37 games. Kale Morris, undrafted 21-year-old goalie, 946 save percentage, which I believe led the nation. Uh, Colton Point. Who was on uh, Canada's World Junior Team this year? He was Carter Hart's backup. Uh, 16, 12, and 5, 944 save percentage, and six shutouts at Colgate University. Jimmy Schultz, undrafted 22 year old left handed defenseman, 38 points in 39 games in his second year as captain at junior, as a junior at St. Cloud State University. So, doing pretty well. I, I wonder if Hexel is going to look at any of the goalies or Jimmy Schultz here, but. I don't know, but the goaltending pipeline is a little uh, congested. We could talk about it in a second. Uh, Dylan Sakura, 22-year-old center who was drafted by the Blackhawks, still a Blackhawks prospect, 53 points in 34 games as alternate captain uh, at Northeastern University. And then C.J. Seuss, uh, the good old Doc, 24-year-old left winger, taken 129th overall by Winnipeg in 2014. 43 points in 39 games in his second year as captain at Minnesota State University, Mankato. So those are the top 10 or the 10 Hobie Baker finalists. See who comes out of that field. I feel feel like I've heard a lot about Autumn uh, Gaudet and uh, Dylan Sakura. I'm not just sure if that's because they were uh, big name NHL prospects. Also Ryan Donato, obviously. And I think Donato's <laughs> got the the most hype and well known yeah. name amongst everybody at this point. And Henrik, Henrik Borgstrom has been getting a lot of love because the Denver did win last year, and Denver also had Troy Terry. And I think I think when I watched them, they had Troy Terry and him on the same line, and it was it was insane. It was not fair. So um, those are definitely some of the. Some of the guys I don't think stand a chance, but I'm like, uh, who's the one guy? Kale Morris, I, I don't know. He had 48 points in 37 games. That's not really – he's a 22-year-old. I don't know how. But whatever. Who knows? Like, I feel like uh, Marody and Lozinski definitely had a chance to uh, to be one of the finals if that guy's getting in there. That's not, not there nor there, though, so. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So, Steve, do you think this team makes the playoffs now? <laughs> God, I I think so, but, oh, man, it's it's going to be tight. The next couple weeks are, are just going to be crazy tight. And what is there, eight games left at this point? Eight games now. Yeah. Eight games. It's, it's getting down there. I mean, 
let's let's take a quick look at the remaining schedule and kind of see what's what see how possible it is that they win at least half of them it's yeah well the thing is is i feel like the blue jackets and the panthers both have to slow down a little at some point in the future. at some point and the panthers have a lot of games to play over the next couple yes yeah. like which i feel like uh, you said that earlier i don't know if that's necessarily a uh a negative though if you're if you're playing really hot because if you if you're on fire and you play three games in four days you're yeah boats. but they have had they've had a hot streak for a, a while now i guess the and thing is your legs are going to tire out eventually yeah yeah you think so you and think. the blue jackets you hope I feel like the Blue Jackets are going to work their way to the third spot in the Metro, play the Penguins in the first round, and that's, of course, when they'll decide to cool down. Oh, yeah, of course. Bust, like, immediately. So. Yeah. You know, Bob's just going to turn into a pumpkin. and Bob's going to do his Bob postseason thing, and uh, we'll go. Ooh, ooh. That's a hot take. That is a hot take. <laughs> but I, I've heard that hot take from a couple people. Oh, that's, I, I don't that's... know if there's a, a ton of empirical evidence behind it, but. I'm using yeah. empirical a lot tonight. Interesting. But, uh, <laughs> all right. Well, okay. So Rangers at home on Thursday, this should be a slam dunk for the flyers that I'm sure they'll find a way to screw up. Yeah. At Pittsburgh on Sunday, Lost. not a cakewalk. That sounds disgusting. I don't even want to think about it. And then back to back Tuesday, Wednesday, next week at Dallas at Colorado. I, whoever came up with the scheduling, I would just like to slap you across the face. <laughs> what idiot thought, well, let's send them to Dallas and then the next night to Colorado. Uh, like, it's just yeah. patently unfair. Boom. Yeah, and then Boo. they don't play on Thursday or Friday, right? Yeah, they don't play again until Sunday. Yeah, cool stuff. That's good. That's good. And together. that's in Boston. I just pictured you uh, just walking to the NHL offices. You're like, yeah, who's a, who's in kind of scheduling here? If I could just have a quick word with them, just walk in and slap them once and leave. <laughs> There's this scene in, I, I think it's head of state where Bernie Mac gets off a train <laughs> and he just starts slapping everybody who approaches him. And that's me in the NHL offices, the <laughs> NHL scheduling offices. America. <laughs> that's my, that's, that's my Bernie Mac. Just that's your, that's you your Bernie this. Mac. America, yeah. That's what he used to always say on the Bernie Mac show. It's just whenever he's about to go on his whole two or three minute diatribe at the beginning of your show, it would be like, America. NHL, NHL scheduling offices. I'm about to slap your face off. <laughs> NHL schedule. Oh, my God. And then the last week, it's it's that Boston Sunday game. That's actually home. I'm sorry. That isn't in Boston. That's at home. And one game against the Islanders, one one Brooklyn game, and then Carolina and New York. So last week, besides Boston, not too bad. But it's still not, you know, not a cakewalk by any means. There's there's very few cakewalks in the NHL. And even when the Flyers have had some of those cakewalks, they have uh, turned out ship performances against the Buffalo Sabres. So, yeah. yeah. Uh, Dallas, Colorado, back-to-back. They're not the, the greatest teams, but... I believe they're both ah, fighting for, and you're not letting me finish. Not let me finish here. Right. They're not the greatest teams, but they're not, they're good teams. They're, uh, they're both fighting for playoff spots. I mean, Dallas right now is two points out of a wild card spot in the West. Colorado is 
four points up from Dallas, two points up from Anaheim. So it's it's tight in the West right now. So these are two teams that are fighting for playoff spots like the Flyers. So it's that's a tough road trip. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, you know, I was I was just thinking right now, uh maybe uh maybe uh, you want to do a I mean, that's game. That 10:30 game. I'm thinking that's what I'm that's my thought. If you want us to do that, let us know. I will consider it, but yeah, let during, us know if just, if we if enough people say they want us to do it, I'll do it. Yeah, just during the game, I feel like we would get enough shit to talk about where we could just do it during the game. So, quick we'll see. Note, quick side note, by the way, San Jose Sharks doing us a solid right now. Oh, what's the score? Five one Sharks. Holy balls! On a whopping fifteen shots. Hell yeah, that's that's court. Well, that might be Keith and Kid. I don't know. Who cares? Yeah, who cares? Five one's pretty good. Yeah, I mean that's the other thing we have to think about. That oh, could be. It was Corey Schneider. Oh man, uh, that's one thing we have to look at. That could be a positive is the Devils are still there as a buffer between us and 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 Florida charging. the The buffer between the Blue Jackets and the Flyers is now gone because the Blue Jackets have hopped them. But the the Panthers still have to clear the Devils before they get to the Flyers. So hopefully. Yes. Hope maybe the the bottom falls out in the Devils, which I mean would be a gold mine for this podcast. Uh, and oh my be- god, it, it would just be it would be Cartman rolling around going yes, yes. Yeah, that'd be the Scott Tenor's Tears episode. So a hundred percent, it would be Scott just Tenorman? rolling around Scott Tenorman. Yeah, okay. uh, yeah, yeah. It would be rolling around in a bunch of money, going yes, yeah. Like oh, it'd be. A Scrooge Amazing. McDuck and all over. All over I would play- Scrooge McDuck the shit out of a Devils missing the playoff <laughs> scenario. Because you know what? I guess he's been calling that shit all year. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This guy. And then, I want but, it to happen so bad right now. And then the, uh, the addition of Patrick Maroon will be even that much better. <laughs> and then all of the, all of the Taylor Hart... Hart Taylor Hall heart talk is uh, out the window too because it's going to be pretty hard to uh, win the heart if you're not on a playoff team. So, oh yeah, you better believe it. Yeah, there's there's a lot of reasons why I'd be pretty neat to the Devils missed. So, and so just to talk real quick about the the heart, uh, who's your who's your favorite right now? Um, I'm kind of thinking. That's, that's a good question. That's a good question you're asking, Steve. It's a really good question. I'm thinking McKinnon right now. I mean, I'm thinking McKinnon too, points and Colorado, a hell of a turnaround from being the worst team in the league last year to being in a playoff contender or playoff contention. Yeah. I, I feel like it, uh, the case for McKinnon and Hall is definitely there. They have literally the same exact argument on different sides of the league where they are the far and away the best player on a team that is, clinging to a playoff spot and it's mainly because of them there's which, a nice but, point differential between the two right now though yeah paul's down at 77 mckinnon is up at 91 and there's like with hall there's nobody else on that team for him to put up 91 points oh, on that yeah, colorado avalanche team is outstanding i think i think his year is like second closest with like 61 points or something like he he hall definitely has the case to win it i think the one thing that 
Where does he currently sit? Wait, wait, wait. I was, but I mean, I have to look at Colorado's, but McKinnon's got 91 points. I really don't think Hall even holds a candle to McKinnon at this point. I mean, in terms of like point different. Well, this is the, I just wrote about this the other week. That's why I was looking at him. McKinnon. McKinnon's really like catapulted up though. Yeah, no, I I think McKinnon definitely deserves a nod too, but I think. The thing with Colorado is they'd have uh, Mika Rantanen having a pretty good season too, but Colorado definitely does have the argument if they were even worse of a team last year than the Devils, and they—they, they, I mean, they were literally the worst team in the thirty-team NHL era. So they were horrible. They were horrible, yeah. and they didn't even get the number one pick like the Devils. Yeah, I, I think when it comes down to the voting, though, I, I mean, they're probably going to put Kucherov and Malkin in there. I feel like Kucherov's definitely going to get in there because he's going to lead the league in points. Oh, Kucherov deserves it. Kucherov definitely deserves to be up there. But, I mean, this is a flat-out, I would call this a dominant performance by McKinnon right now. Yeah, it is. You are not as much on that McKinnon train as I I I, No, I I, I like McKinnon. I would like McKinnon to win. I just feel like McKinnon and Hall have the same exact, like like their format for how they should win is the same exact way. I gotcha. I just don't think Hall is. I mean, Hall's had a nice performance, but I don't know, you got to look at the points leaders here. <laughs> yeah, well, I know. No, I'm I'm looking at the guys that like the next closest person to Hall on scoring on the Devils is like 30 points behind. Like he is literally the only person who has scoring points on that team and their playoff team. And McKinnon only has Rand in there, but he still has Rand in there. That's why I think Hall's chances are hurt because he's not anywhere near the top of the league in scoring. So I think a lot of people are going to say, well, how could he be the most valuable player if he's not even near the top of the league in scoring, which I think is kind of, I mean, if you're looking at a most valuable player award, it's kind of asinine to look at it that way because you don't know what they're dragging up. But usually the the, the MVP goes to somebody who finishes in the top three in points. So that's why sure, I think sure. I'm, I'm pretty sure Kucherov's just going to win it because Kucherov or Malkin. I feel like Malkin's been getting a lot of love lately and – the Penguins are surging now, and, I mean, who knows? Maybe they're going to give it the Malkin so they can cover up the fact that they didn't want to get the consummate to him in the last two years because he's Russian or something. So. It's, going, it's going to Crosby. It's not going to. Look, if it goes to Crosby, what, we need to up the six-pack bet if we're going to do the whole Crosby thing. I don't There's, actually you, think it's going to Crosby. Okay, I was going to say. I'm trolling say, at are. this point. What's that? I'm trolling at this point. But yeah. look, look, there is a part of me deep down that would not be entirely shocked if just out of nowhere, for no reason at all, they just announced Crosby wins MVP. Just because, just because it, it, it would kill my soul in so many ways. And just, ah, and this also is just bitter is- Flyers fan right here. This is bitter Flyers fan being bitter Flyers fan. There are definitely going to be people that vote for him. I could see him somehow being top five, even though, I mean, I, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't make any sense. No. People will do it because they're just like, well, he's Sidney Crosby. And the Penguins uh, had a pretty good finish. And look, Ovi's got, I think, more of a I think Ovi has a pretty good case, too, because he has goals more goals than anybody else on the Caps. And they don't have – yeah, uh, uh, this was a – I think – because I think we talked about this like two weeks ago, too. And I I was like going in the whole Ovechkin uh, rant then, where I was like, he, he just has more goals than everybody else on the team. They lost 
Johansson and a couple other pieces last season, and hopefully he's not exactly having a great year. And pretty much it's Carlson's outburst and uh, and Ovechkin scoring all the goals in the world that's helping the Caps stay at the top of the division. He's going to get overlooked, though, because it's Ovechkin. It's the same old tire narrative, and the Caps are still at the top of the division, and nobody cares because they always joke in the playoffs. So Yeah. Well, you know what? William Carlson has the best plus minus in the league, so he's winning it. That's very important. Very important. Good old Wild Bill, or whatever the hell they call him out there. So, yeah, the, the him and Jonathan Marchessault are having a pretty good seasons out in Vegas. But who? Wait, who do you think was hard then? Are you you're going? With I'm McKinnon? going McKinnon. I'm I'm sticking with McKinnon at this point. I would like McKinnon. I'm impressed at what he's done and the turnaround that Colorado's had. Yeah. Also, center, as you were pointing out a couple weeks ago, people uh, yeah, love I, those centers. They do love centers, yeah. I, and looking back at it, I don't know if it makes as much difference as I originally thought, but I think people definitely do. Like, if Hall, and if it comes down the home McKinnon, I feel like people will definitely lean towards McKinnon because centers do get more of a, get more of love from the, you know, the normal writers who vote on this kind of thing. No, like that's not too complicated of a thought process. Just think that a center has more defensive responsibility and is more important on the ice than a winger. So it's a thing that could probably sway votes for him. But speaking of uh, awards, though, I feel like nobody's really talking about John Klingberg for the the Norris, and I feel like he should be getting a little bit of love because it's having a pretty good season. And Dallas's defense has. Their, their numbers defensively have improved a lot, and he is the best defenseman on that team, and he's working with Essel Lindell most of the season. So it's not exactly like he's been carried by somebody who's a defensive powerhouse, but I feel like nobody's really talking about him, and I wonder if that's because uh, he's got a little bit of the uh, Danunov situation where he is a European that is playing in a weird hockey market. So maybe Very possible. That just doesn't get the love or attention. So well, and, and Norris, it, it feels like they—that's another case where they have to bring up the same five names or whatever, unless somebody is that drastically ahead in the offensive categories. Yeah, it, it seems to be. Yeah, because I was looking at it, Drew Doughty is the worst one it comes to that. Where Drew Doughty, I think, has gotten nomination the one in years where he's not. Close to the top of the league in scoring, but all the other guys that are usually there are usually first or second in points. And then usually the award goes to the person who has the most amount of points by a mile or does something like Burns Burns did last year where he scored a gajillion goals. So, uh, But nobody's really like that this year, so that's why I'm, I think it's more of a wide-open field. Uh, I feel like it's Right, gonna... but when it's, an eye, it's a wide-open field, I feel like that's when they, they fall back to what they know. And yeah. well, last time was, five guys. When I wrote the article, it was Victor Hedman who had the best odds, I think, and he hasn't won yet. He's only got one nomination, so well, it's certainly a worthy name there. Hedman's yeah. fantastic. Yeah, and he probably gets a lot of love because the Lightning are pretty good this year too. So they're all right. They're all right. Yeah, they're doing all right, I guess. They're Not right. the best anymore. That's that's Nashville now. Yeah, Nashville, I think is. I feel like Nashville's got to do with this year. They feel like they're a pretty loaded team. Renee's having a really good season. The defense is the defense still, and I think adding Hartman to the bottom six is... I mean, adding Kyle Turris as the second-line center and as an insurance, as an insurance policy in case uh, Johansson gets hurt 
and having Ryan Hartman in the bottom six, I think, is a big deal. So I I think they're in pretty good shape. They're going to have a tough road, of course, because they're going to have to play uh, the Jets at some point, probably. And they're going to have to play probably, I mean, I guess theoretically the Golden Knights. But I think I have a feeling like the Kings or the Sharks are going to come out of, out of, out of that division. So mm, Very possible. And a, a quick note on defenseman Drew Doughty. They're at number six in defensive scoring. So lock it up for Drew Doughty this year yeah. in the Norris. I, I mean, and they fucking love Drew Doughty because that year he won over Carlson was insane. I mean, that was pathetic because he Carlson averaged a point per game over 82 games, which is it just doesn't happen for a defenseman. Yeah. And everybody was like, you know what? Drew Dye's never won it. This guy deserves one. And then that was pretty much how the voting went. So it is interesting to me, though, how far Shane is up there in. Yeah, Shane's still up. Where, where is he? Number four. Currently, he's tied for fourth yeah, with so uh, Brent Burns. Yeah, so he's up there. I, I feel like he's not even going to get nominated, though, because of the. He doesn't have the, the offensive defenseman. Offensive defenseman, but and he doesn't have astronomical numbers to overwrite that. And he also doesn't have the previous nominations to break in this year. Like I think if he was first in the league, like that's why I think Klingberg should at least be nominated because he's going to lead the league in points. He leads the league in points now, right now, right? You know, uh, currently he is tied with John Carlson. Okay, so John Carlson might actually win it this year then. But the interesting thing is Eric Carlson's numbers are still up there. And I know Ottawa sucks, but you shouldn't have to be in the playoffs to win the Norse. I, I think that's complete nonsense. And but that's look, Eric Carlson is, you know, 56 points right now. He's 30 shifts per game. I'm just looking at various stats available to me right here. <laughs> but uh, how many I, how many games did he play this year? He has played 66. Yeah, I feel like he's going to, they're going to feel like he missed too much time. Also, a minus 24, Craig. Oh. Minus 24. Take that nomination off the table, my good man. You know, it's a plus six, though. Shane Goss despair. Oh, baby. Oh, no, no, no. Dr- oh. Dowdy or Hedman? Dowdy's a plus 17. Hedman's a plus 27. Oh, they're definitely. Yeah, I think the three are going to be Hedman, Klingberg, and Dowdy. A fair disclaimer here. We are fully aware that plus minus is a bunch of bullshit. <laughs> like this is fully ironic right here. I hope but, your heads are not exploding. But that is how a lot of award voting is done sometimes. And it is precisely yeah, so not as much. I was looking at when I looked at the Selkie too. not as much as you would think for the Selkie because some guys were getting nominated. I think Kopitar was finished third in voting one year and he was minus two over an 82-game season. So it's not as prevalent as you would think, but it's definitely. I think it definitely still plays a role in a lot of people's minds. So, And look, the, frankly, it should not be based entirely on how many points you scored either. That you, There's a lot of facets that go into it. And uh, frankly, advanced stats are some of the best ways to show who's superior defensively but those won't be used. So it's, it's basically based on eye test and points scored. Yeah. I feel Which like my reputation stats, plays such a, a big role. Yeah. I feel, and I feel like the best example of this is with the Selkie trophy, because I feel like new names are going to start getting in there because of advanced stats, even though a lot of it has just been Bergeron, Kessler, Taves and Kopitar for the last however many years. 
But I feel like that's why I feel like Kachuri has a really good case this year because the goals are there and his underlying numbers are as good as ever. And by the way, big congrats to Coots for finally getting number thirty finally on the gets season. Thirtieth, I was at hundredth of his career. Out. Yeah, yeah, which is pretty. It's kind of funny when you think about it because how many years was he in the league and we only at seventy? Yeah. So, but I mean, he deserves this type of season. And that's how watching the game, I was getting nervous that he was just going to have like a painfully long scoring drought and people were going to start talking about it. So, I mean, this is this was already long enough. I think it was 13 games. It was, it, was, it was a bit of time. Yeah, it was a bit of time, especially for a guy who scored as many goals as he did in the first half of the season. And then against the Caps, he had, there was one play where he had two or three chances in the crease and couldn't score, and then he missed the empty netter, so... Did he flat out miss that, or did the stick? Yeah. Well, did the stick get hit as he shot it? The stick him as he shot it, but the thing was, is he kind of lollygagged for a second and tried to get close. He tried to get like five feet closer on an empty net when he was already in the offensive zone, and then somebody was able to catch up to him and poke check it away from him. So it's Stupid, not one of those things. Cautious flyers. Yeah, I don't know. It's not one of those things where like he was at the red line and he wanted to make sure he got the the line. He was already in the offensive zone, I think. And he could have just taken a shot at least before anybody got there, and he would have hit it because um, it was a wide open net. So I'm trying to look up how long the goal drought was before. I think it was, I think it was 13 games. Well, that's fine because it's over now. It's dead. But uh, yeah, Coots got his hundredth goal and his thirtieth uh, of the season at long last, and uh, it well deserved. Awesome to see Sean Couturier. Uh, having the season he has and it, it's still wild to think about the the leap he's taken this year yeah i mean he well the thing i mean to me i will never say that i think it was a like i feel like he's just playing the same way he's always been playing it's just now he's getting breaks when it comes to shooting and like well, now, it's it's also that he's playing with more gifted offensive players and playing yeah. more minutes. It's it's a combination of that. So he's he's feasting off of the opportunities provided to him by playing with Claude Giroux, Travis Konechny, and Jake Voracek. It's it's a difference maker for yeah. sure. And yeah. the great but thing like, is he provides that steady two way play while those guys can focus more on being creative offensively. Yeah, and but and the thing though is like he like. He, he didn't, but his playing style never changed, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, it was still just strong on the puck, always took his time with the puck. Nobody could get the puck away from him. And he used to always get high danger chances. They just never converted on him. And yeah, you're right. Now that he's playing with skilled players, they're actually going in now. So, uh, 15 games, by the way. That's how long he went without a goal. Damn. Which is impressive. It's amazing that you get a 15-game goal drought in the same season you score 30, 30 goals. So it is pretty amazing. That's yeah. a pretty weird. That's a pretty weird situation. Coots with seventy points on the season, so that's a, a damn fine year. That's that's crazy. Do you remember when it used to be a discussion that he couldn't break half a point per game? Oh yeah. And I I put for the prospect hockey predictions. I I guess he was going to get forty. So then people could be really assholes about the argument be like, well, he's still not a half point per game player. And I really thought, I thought that was going to be the argument for the summer of 2018, which is that like, you know, off the charts in terms of puck possession, clearly a dominant player, like played an amazing second line role and then had 40 points in 79 or 40 points in 81 games or something. And then it'd be like, mm, he's still not a half point per game player. 
So that's how <laughs> that's how dumb Flyers fans sound to me. That, that voice right there. <laughs> <laughs> not good. Claude Giroux's not a good <laughs> captain for this team. <laughs> yeah, Claude Giroux doesn't care. That Mike Richards never cared. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only Jason Smith care. <laughs> we could do that for a while. <laughs> I can joke about Jason Smith for the rest of my life. Joe <laughs> Breer got too much money for it. <laughs> That's I, not really I, a bad one. That's more, yeah. yeah. I, I would also just like to to briefly mention that Claude Giroux inching ever closer to having his best season ever. He has 87 points at the moment and the, yeah, five, Past, five uh, more games left, eight games, right? That's what we said. Yeah. Passed, uh, passed good old Big E tonight in the Flyers point totals. He did. He passed Big E. That's amazing. Uh, it's, uh, who's next on the list? Is it McLeish next on the list? I think so. I don't know. I but I know they have. He's not going to do it this year. He's do, he should do it next year, and then he's going to have a little bit of a hike to get into the top three. But I mean, it's possible. That would be that would be pretty nuts to be finishing the top three in points. I mean, oh, I mean, yeah. it's it's a sign of his durability and longevity too, which we've talked about before. But he's also, I mean, man. To have this type of season for as old as he is. Uh, yeah, that's why it would be really, you know, it would absolutely suck if the Flyers missed the playoffs any year, just like it did last year, especially after the 10-game winning streak. But for Katori to have this type of season, for Giroud to have a bounce, for Giroud and Voracek to have bounce-back seasons, for Gossesfair and Konechny to break out even more, uh, and to add Lindblom and Sandheim to the team now, the, just to have all these things working for you to... Just not fucking make the playoffs be terrible. That'd be absolutely horrible. Yeah, and especially with how they're positioned now, to to somehow fuck it up would just be would be the worst. So need points, need points, and where the Blues sitting? Real quick, by the way, I saw they won last night in overtime. What was that? Where are the Blues sitting in uh, the stand? Oh yes, Blues watch. My favorite. The I... people say. <laughs> just... <laughs> Blues are currently sitting. St. Louis losing a bunch. I think they're like probably 15th in the league now. Yeah. Just the funny thing is, I mean, points-wise, they're right up there with the Flyers. Like, the Flyers yeah. have 86, the Blues have 83. But frankly, the Blues were supposed to be a lot better this year. Blues were. And then they just had a cold streak at the worst time. And They then, are... Uh, Doug Armstrong in the said, West. blow this puppy up, and he traded away Paul Stasny, So, And pissed off Braden Shen, the new cornerstone of <laughs> the franchise. Yeah, they are uh, sitting at 10th in the Western Conference, 72 games played, 83 points, and uh, they are two out of a, or they're three points out of a playoff spot at the moment. So uh, looking pretty good for where the Flyers Flyers fans want the Blues to finish the season. They are not quite in the bottom 10. They are a little bit outside that. So you don't want the Blues to finish with a top 10 pick. You want them to finish somewhere in the 11 to 15 range. 11 to 20 is fine also, but 11 to 15 would be real nice. Yeah. That's impossible. Uh, I do have before, I mean... We can Let's we do. can wrap it up. We can wrap it up gonna, a little early. Dude, this is this is weird. This could be a real short episode for us. That's fine, buddy. I <laughs> got to get my beauty dressed. 
yeah, we have a gonna... we have another snowstorm coming in. I gotta rest up so I can shovel wet wet heavy snow tomorrow. Yeah, oh, yeah. heavy is what I almost said. I'm gonna be making that sweet sweet ride to Baltimore tomorrow. So I'm getting excited to go to BWI on Thursday. Fly out to Florida, baby, for a bachelor party. So not. I guess I'm excited. I have no <laughs> idea. I have no idea what this bachelor party is going to entail. So, are you going to Miami? Going to Fort Lauderdale. Uh, the thing is, is like I can't I even reference like... the Will Smith song. Is it... <laughs> um, I can't think of any lyrics to that song right now. <laughs> uh, uh, the Heat up. will be on Fort Lauderdale, though. So that I think that's one of the lyrics. Um. But I feel like everything we we would do in Fort Lauderdale, we could just do in Ocean City. And, like, I'm just burning money on a plane ticket. Which, apparently, is not going to be a fiasco because we're having the storm of all storms tomorrow. And I don't know when I'm going to be able to fly out now. Yeah, enjoy that foot of snow and, and driving it. You should get some, some sled dogs now. <laughs> just mush on the side of the I-95. <laughs> Party all- in the city where the heat is on. All night on the beach till the break of dawn. Welcome, Welcome to, to Miami. Miami. Yeah. Bienvenidos a Miami. That's what I was trying to think of. Yeah. Well, I I, I, I hit the heat on. on the heat, heat is on. on uh, all night on the beach till the break of dawn. I'm yeah. To Miami. Welcome to Miami. Who did you get jiggy with it? Am I right, folks? Na 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 na. Uh, real quick. I, speaking before, of heat, by the way, I turned my heat off to record this podcast, so I'll, I'll have oh, to turn it back on afterwards. What are you doing? Why would you ever do that? Oh, because it's, it's very loud in the background. Okay, I, gotcha. And you know what? The, these South Philly row homes are very well insulated, so I can I can turn it off for a couple hours. And then I did have to set a Siri reminder for myself as soon as the show is over to turn it back on, though, because <laughs> I don't want to wake up in the morning and look like Jack Nicholson at the end of The Shining. <laughs> That's fair. Uh, before before we do go, Steve, I guess I could run through the CHL postseason setup and the NCAA postseason because a bunch of the Flyers prospects are in that. I'm going to also write an article on this. It'll be out either tomorrow or Thursday. So do this, ask. some league news, and uh, take it on home. Yeah, so in the OHL, the Isaac Ratcliffe and Connor Bunneman will face off against each other because the number two seeded Kitchener Rangers are playing the number seven seeded Guelph Storm. Uh, Matthew Show and the Bulldogs are taking on the eighth-seeded Ottawa 67s. Maxime Shushko and the Owen Sound Attack take on number five-seeded London Knights. And then Anthony Salinitri is playing Salinitri again. We'll never know how to say it. Is taking on the number six-seeded Winter Spitfires. Morgan Frost and the Sault Ste. Marie Greyhounds are taking on the Saginaw Spirit. And yeah, the, uh, the Greyhounds finished first in the OHL. And they will probably roll over the spirit with a series sweep. So, be really quick. WHL Carson Twinsky and the Kelowna Rockets are taking on the Tri City Americans. Carhartt and the Everett Silvertips are a one seed are taking on the number eight seed Seattle Thunderbirds. Uh, Carter Hart, of course, had a monster season. I think he finished with a 947 save percentage. He's going to be a, uh, yeah. Uh, one interesting matchup in the QMJHL is German Jermaine Rupsoff, the germ, uh, and Katie Bathurst. <laughs> the Katie Bathurst Titan are taking on the Chikunami Sanguinians, who are Rupsoff's old team. So that'll be 
It's one interesting thing. And then the Quebec Remparts are taking on the Charlottetown Islanders. So Pascal LaBerge has uh, gotten some playoff experience in the queue as well. And the NCAA, Taren Lazinski and Ohio State are taking on Princeton. Michigan, Cooper Maroney, and Brendan Warren are taking on Northeastern. And speaking of Brendan Warren, uh, Eric Madsen signed an entry-level contract with the uh, Coyotes today, I believe, for two years. So good for Madsen because there was a lot of goalies in the pipeline in Philadelphia, and he probably wasn't going to get playing time anytime soon, unless you thought he could have jumped over. I mean, he may have now with the Stellars injury eventually, but... That trade still makes sense because it's covered in Nick Cousins and also Brendan Warren as a guy that, you know, he's still not there with his timeline. He could be something in two years, but he's not quite there yet. So it gives gave Hexel a little bit of time to kind of maneuver contracts. So, And then the final collegiate matchup is Terrence Amorosa, who is barely still a Flyers prospect, will be taking, and Clarkson University will take on a uh, number two seed to Providence. So Terrence Amorosa needs to be signed by Hextall by the end of this season which i guess they're going to technically say is around june 1st so he this is these are probably his final games as a flyers prospect because i don't think he's getting signed he's a homegrown pick flyers already have a ton of better defensive prospects and Texel's already picked a lot of defensive prospects of his own so i do not see his time with the flyers organization being extended and that is it for the CHL NCAA postseason. Around the league, I mean, Eric Carlson missed tonight's game that we mentioned earlier because, unfortunately, uh, him and his wife's baby passed away. I forget. I think his wife's name is Melinda. I did not look it up. I think I saw that in passing. But they were expecting in April, and fortunately, it passed away today, I believe. And oh, That's just terrible. Terrible news. Yeah, it's... Really fucking terrible news, and I mean, it's just, I mean, I don't know what to say about it. I, I just had a really rough season overall, and this is, I mean, this is the worst thing that has come out of it, regardless of everything else with. Yeah, it's just, whole, I, I can't even fathom what Carlson's going through. That's that's just horrible to hear. Yeah, I mean, if I was him, I don't think I'd play the rest of the season, honestly. I no, mean, point. No, no point, no point. You don't need to needlessly put wear and tear on your body in this type of situation so take time with your family and just figure things out you know it's just that's that's man that's just rough um injuries ben bishop is out for at least two weeks with a lower but classic case of the lbi lower body injury and it looks too like tall. It, too tall it looks like your legs can't support the height anymore um it looks like it might cost the stars i don't know the stars are out of play position now but it might cost them uh a tight like race, yeah, almost as tight as uh, Ben Bishop's hamstrings <laughs> from carrying all that height. I don't know if it's a hamstring. I just <laughs> threw that out there. It was a good, good tie-in. I just pictured like him falling down and the trainer coming out, and he's just like, "Yep, classic case of being tall. Let's get him out. Get the stretch out, boys. <laughs> get him off the ice." Uh, Matt Murray is close to returning, so very excited to see the Penguins have a three feet. Uh, Carey Price considered I think 100%. Matt Murray was back tonight and was a key reason they sucked in that game. He was back tonight. Yeah, I think so. Oh, there you I'm, go. I'm double checking oh. this now. I'm fact checking, guys. Fact checking. Yeah, uh, breaking news to fly properly. Matt Murray very close to returning because he actually returned. So there you go. <laughs> <laughs> Matt, Matt Murray so close to returning that he did return. He did actually and return. <laughs> he had 
36 saves on 39 shots. Okay, so maybe it wasn't his fault they lost. Sounds like a Penguins hammering shots kind of situation, which is great because they played the Islanders and only scored one goal. And they got shut down by new legend Gibson, Chris (laughs) Gibson. Yeah, so like I said, Matt Murray, 100% back in the lineup. I knew that before you guys did. Uh, Jacob Truba is now in concussion protocol, and Hannafin is out indefinitely with a concussion. Lightning and Friday's already clinched playoff berths. I believe. That must be nice. As we're recording, yeah, it must be very nice. I believe no other team is quite there yet. Uh, the Golden Knights are up 4 1 on the Canucks. They're probably getting very close to. Oh, to yeah, they're themselves. probably close to it, though. Um, but what's the update on the Sharks and Devils before I close? Oh, out? Have, have I got an update for you from the Flyperbole news desk, Craig? Okay, it's tied. The San Jose Sharks are up 6 1 on the New Jersey oh, okay. Devils. Uh, San Jose. Six goals, 16 shots. Oh, my God. And Corey Schneider got pulled in that game. And they just apparently went with an empty net because nobody else went in there. Uh, A couple of things have trickled down from the GM meetings, and I will tell them to you now, Stephen. Uh, GMs want goalie interference reviews to be centralized, so everything done in the Toronto office. So it's neutral uh, in theory. Yeah, which makes sense. And then no chance coming for the offside rule, so buck up, buddy. It's it's not going anywhere. Oh, disgusting rule. I hate it. <laughs> I am. So the, the offside rule, I'm not a big fan of. I'm a big fan of the goal reviews being centralized because then that'll change. The, the, I, you would hope there isn't as much uh, variance in the calls and the results and everything. But another thing not related to the GM meetings, but I, I saw somewhere, I want to say Cerevelli tweeted it out, uh, Award voting for, like we were just talking about earlier with the heart and the Norse and everything, uh, may start to be revealed this season. Right. I think all the writers agreed to reveal their ballots, right? Right. Yeah. Which is uh, first, and in my opinion, is would change a lot of things because then you'd have to explain your votes. Right. And show your work. Yeah. You'd have to see who are shams. And then Drew Doughty doesn't win a fucking Norse. In a season where Errol Carlson has 82 points. So. Cannot wait to see Sam Carcidi's voting. Cannot wait. I He will have, he'll have like They're fucking out there. Philip in the <laughs> He'll have Brandon Manning in the Norse. Oh man, I actually do really want to see Sam Carcidi's like, JVR is like up there for heart. Just like every, cannot wait. Jeff Carter is up there for the yeah. Heart. Sergey Pavelski is a best now. Just everybody, like every former flyer, is just up there. I am excited. I do want to see. I, I just I want to see Edmonton's voting, and I want to see Pittsburgh's like voting. Like I can't wait until Rob Rossi puts Malkin, Crosby, Murray, Brian Rust, and uh, Brian Dumlin as like his top five for hard voting. <laughs> and it's just like here's how I thought of it, and then they thinks he has a great explanation for it so yeah like the, the penguin the penguin chapter of voting is just going to be hilarious i just i can't yeah, we're gonna have a, a I put full episode version <laughs> of taking it to the beats for the the beat voting yeah <laughs> just oscar clefbaum getting all kinds of first place votes out in edmonton <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's gonna be a shit show and i'm excited for it but I, th- I think it is. I think it is a good way because there are some seasons where you just don't understand why guys are nominated or win win oh, the yeah. awards. And uh, I think the only thing that will make it tough for writers is sometimes, like if you're going to be 
trying to be accurate with your voting, and then you don't vote for someone on your team, it kind of to explain to them why you didn't vote for them. But I mean, if they suck, you can just be like, uh, you sucked. So I, I don't know. That's the only drawback I can see from it, but I'm happy that it's actually visible now. So I'm very excited to critique everybody's voting and make fun of them for it. As a person that doesn't have a ballot, and I will not share every one of my voting opinions. So <laughs> <laughs> I will I will fire shots from a baseless uh, baseless account. So I'm pretty excited. These baseless accusations. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, a little more breaking news. Loss to Avalanche officially eliminates Chicago Blackhawks from playoff contention. Oh, there you go. There we go. That's nice to see. Uh, honestly, tough se- tough season for the old Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Crawford, Corey Crawford's injury with vertigo. It wasn't even an injury. He came down with vertigo. Kind of derailed everything. But also just uh, not that good this year. They're, they're talking about how he may not be 100% for next season yet. Yeah. And look, that's something you got to worry about you first. Yeah, and if Corey Crawford worries about himself right now, the Blackhawks got to figure something out because I, I really do think he was a lot bigger of a factor than people let on. With I that got team. two words for them. Michael Neuverth. Oh, baby. Or but fuck, we might be giving up Peter Mrazek. This is fine. Well, he's a RFA Dude, at the end of the season I'll take anyway. All, take all the goalies. Who cares anymore? Is there really any goalie you're sticking with on this team? No. The only one is named Carter Hart, and he's not on the team yet. <laughs> and he's the only flyer with Hart, so I'm pretty excited. Oh, my God. Yeah. Why? <laughs> Steve, uh, I mean, not to be that guy, but I think we're done here. Sounds good to me. Yeah, Guys, this if you have... <laughs> astonishingly like, short for us. I, this Craig still... is just very – he does not like short podcasts. He is upset. It's still probably like an hour and a half, so I'm not – At cool. least, at least, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, which is an eclipse, eclipse two hours again. So <laughs> Craig's trying. He's trying. I'm not going to let him, though. I'm done. I'm done. You're done. Craig is done. But uh, <laughs> if you have any feedback, best best place is on Twitter. You can reach Craig at sports are bad. You can reach me at fly or you can reach me at Estebom. You can follow BSH radio, follow stuff, follow Bill, follow Kelly, follow Charlie. Awesome follows, please. Be sure to check all of them out. Follow the Broad Street Hockey account and like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook. And if you want to send us any long-form stuff, send an email to flyperbole at gmail.com. But, uh, gang, we really thank you for listening. Appreciate all the support. And we've gotten a really warm welcome to Broad Street Hockey. And, oh, definitely. Uh, I just it, – it touches my heart. makes me feel really good. So, uh, I should say I was on the latest Patreon episodes, I believe. I did – the March Q&A and something, uh, the game show with them. So if you subscribe to Patreon, uh, hopefully you hear me on the recording this time, unlike the episode I appeared in the studio about two months ago. So hopefully I'm audible this time. So if you haven't <laughs> checked this out, go check that out. Go check it out. And, uh, of course, check out Craig's great pieces over on Broad Street Hockey. We're working on that CHL, working on all the prospect postseason uh, like previews right now should be up tomorrow or Thursday. Good stuff, man. I will be sure to keep an eye out for that, but, uh, all right, well, that's all we got until next time. As always, good night and good hockey. Wow.
Hello everybody, this is Fly Purbly. It is a podcast about hockey, mostly the Flyers, but also other hockey things, like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey. Steve, but not Steve Hartnell and Craig, but not Craig Ruby. No, this isn't all those hockey guys. These are the guys who watch the hockey sport. Yeah! I'm Michael Kist of Bleeding Green Nation, and I invite you, gentle listener, to join us for the best analysis of the Super Bowl champion Philadelphia Eagles in the business. BGN Radio provides you with the most informative preview shows, and the Kist and Solak show dives deep into all the schemes and X and O details you could ever want. Plus discussions with the industry's brightest minds, including former NFL players and press conferences from the Eagles coaching staff to keep you up to date and informed every step of the way. Subscribe to Bleeding Green Nation today. Fly, Eagles, fly.